in water which lay in puddles everywhere. There was a dead bird on the floor. It stank. Alice began to cry from pure rage. The bastards, she cursed. The filthy, stinking, fascist bastards. They already knew that the council, to prevent squatters, had sent in the workmen to make the place uninhabitable. They didn't even make those wires safe. They didn't even... Suddenly alive with energy, she whirled about, opening doors. Two lavatories on this floor, the bowls filled with cement. She cursed steadily, the tears streaming. The filthy, shitty swine, the shitty, fucking, fascist swine! She was full of the energy of hate, incredulous with it, for she had never been able to believe in some corner of her that anybody, particularly not a member of the working class, could obey an order to destroy a house. In that corner of her brain that was perpetually incredulous began the monologue that Jasper never heard, for he would not have authorised it. But they're people. People did this. To stop other people from living. I don't believe it. Who can they be? What can they be like? I've never met anyone who could. Why, it must be people like Len and Bob and Bill, friends. They did it. They came in and filled the lavatory bowls with cement and ripped out all the cables and blocked up the gas. Jasper stood and watched her. He was pleased. This fury of energy had banished her look, which he hated, when she seemed all of her to be swollen and glistening, as if not merely her face, but her whole body filled with tears which oozed from every pore. Without referring to him, she ran up the stairs, and he followed slowly, listening to how she banged on doors, and then, hearing nothing, flung them open. On the first floor landing, they stood looking into order, not chaos. Here, every room had sleeping bags, one or two or three, candles or hurricane lamps, even chairs with little tables beside them, books, newspapers, but no one was in. The smell on this floor was strong. It came from upstairs. More slowly, they went up generously wide stairs and confronted a stench that made Jasper briefly wretch. Alice's face was stern and proud. She flung open a door onto a scene of plastic buckets topped with shit. But this room had been deemed sufficiently filled, and the one next to it had been started. Ten or so red, yellow, and orange buckets stood in a group waiting. There were other rooms on this floor, but none were used. None could be used. The smell was so strong. They went down the stairs, silent, watching their feet, for there was rubbish everywhere, and the light came dimly through dirty windows. "'We are not here,' said he, anticipating her, "'to make ourselves comfortable. We aren't here for that.' She said, "'I don't understand anyone choosing to live like this, not when it's so easy.' Now she sounded listless, flat, all the incandescence of fury gone. He was about to start a speech about her bourgeois inclinations, as she could see, but the front door opened, and against the sunlight was outlined a military-looking figure. "'Bert!' he shouted, and jumped down the stairs three at a time. "'Bert, it's Jasper!' Alice thought maternally, hearing that glad voice ring out. "'It's because of his shitty father.' But this was part of her private stream, since, of course, Jasper did not allow her the right to such ideas. "'Jasper,' acknowledged Bert, and then peered through the gloom up at herself. "'Alice, I told you,' said Jasper. "'Comrade Alice,' said Bert, his voice was curt, stern and pure, insisting on standards, and Jasper's voice fell into step. "'We've just come,' he said. "'There was no one to report to.' "'We spoke to him in there,' 
remarked Alice, arriving beside them, indicating the room from which came the soft drumming. Oh, Jim, dismissed Bert. He strode to a door they had not opened, kicked it open since it had lost its knob, and went in without looking to see if they followed. This room was as near to normal as they had seen. With the door shut, you could believe this was a sitting room in an ordinary house, although everything, chairs, a sofa, the carpet, was dingy. The smell was almost shut out, but to Alice it seemed that an invisible film of stench clung to everything, and she would feel it slippery on her fingers if she touched. Bird stood upright, slightly bent forward, arms at ease, looking at her, but he did not see her, she knew that. He was a dark, thin young man, probably twenty-eight or thirty. His face was full of black, shining hairs, and his dark eyes and a red mouth and white teeth gleamed from among them. He wore new, stiff, dark blue jeans.